Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Consciouspreneur Podcast. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today we're talking with Diane Jones. Now, Diane is the owner of Virtual Diva LLC, an on-deck and ready-to-give-it-her-all. When it comes to small businesses, she manages non-income-producing tasks, non-billable items, and everything from team building to accounting. She's able to grant assistance in making your bottom line more profitable and making your occupational life much simpler, manageable place to be. Diane, thank you for being here today. Thank you, Mary. I'm glad to do it. I love this conversation about virtual assistants and when is the right time to hire an assistant and when am I ready for that? And and so we're going to dig into those pieces today. But before we get there, I'd love to hear about your story of entrepreneurship. How did you get to be where you are now? I was thinking about this the other day, kind of because I've had to, right? Um, Back in 99 and the early 2000s, I was a Mary Kay consultant. And in that environment, everybody kept telling me I had the entrepreneur spirit. And I was like, yeah, whatever. I don't know what y'all are talking about. I'm just having a good time and selling lipstick and having fun. And um, fast forward to one job loss, one part-time job, and another job loss. I thought, okay. I can't keep losing my job and getting laid off and getting swept up in all this drama in the office space, in the corporate space. So let me see what I can do for myself. And that's really like, I started it because I needed a job. And after the first two years, I was like, I kind of know what I'm doing. I'm kind of having fun. This is kind of cool. Maybe I have a clue. So it's just, I've grown with the business is what I should say. I love that. And I th- and I hope that everyone listening here who's an entrepreneur sees themselves as growing with their business, mm-hmm. um, because that's how the business grows, right? Is through right. our development. The business yeah. isn't going to just run off and grow yeah. all, all on its own. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when I started the business, as I mentioned, I I did it because I needed a job and you know to pay the mortgage, and it was in 2015. Um, and at the time, virtual assistants were not so mainstream as everything is right now. And it kind of, for two of my clients, I kind of had to prove that it would work, right? Like, is it, it's not really any different. If I'm in my house and you're in yours, then if you're at one end of the hall and I'm on the other end of the hallway, it's the same concept. So as we worked through kind of some, some different test phases, it was like, this is no different, right? After three months, this really is no different than being in separate areas of your office space. What were some of the things that those particular individuals thought they would be missing by hiring virtual assistant versus an in-person? Well, definitely, obviously face-to-face, right? At the time, right? There's team meetings and group meetings. And if it's um, a creative business, right? Architects or interior designers, they're hands-on, right? They, they work well feeding off of others' energies and other ideas. 
and I wasn't physically there to be a part of that. Um, so what I've done with a couple as I plan events for them, I do my best to attend those events to be part of the team physically and um, obviously to be engaged online, right? And video with the teams when they have weekly meetings. Okay. So the video with the teams is is one of your workarounds um, it is. For, for not being physically present. Yes. Yes. Um, and then the other part is just the pile of paperwork that every desk seems to gather. Um, and really, we just send it in the mail. We scoop it all up, put it in an envelope, and off it goes. And, and then I get my hands on it and figure out where it should really go. Okay. And obviously, scanning documents and email has all grown with us, right? So all of that is so much easier than it was five, ten years ago. Well, sure. So is there any part of virtual assistance right now that you would say is not kind of on par with your in-house assistance? Maybe is there still some room to grow? There is. um, In one position I had, again, back in the early 2000s, it was, I picked up a lot of information by what I call having mommy ears. And eavesdropping, but not eavesdropping, overhearing conversations, not hearing the conversation, Um, especially if you're in an executive assistant role, right? You hear everything and you know nothing. Right, right. You know nothing. (laughs) And um, as you're, you know, on the outskirts, you can hear project deadlines. You can hear the tone of the voice. You can hear the pace of somebody's footsteps or the um, heaviness of their footsteps. So there's a lot that you pick up in an office environment that you cannot, you simply don't pick up because you're not physically there. Um, Are the cues just different then, or are you missing that piece of information? There are definitely some other cues. Um, One is simply the size of your inbox and how many emails are unread and how many have gone unanswered and um, what does your calendar look like, right? Like if you have meetings all day long, obviously you're not reading your email. Right. Uh, And a little observation, intuition, um, what's quote not normal for that person or that client. Um. Obviously, the back-to-back meetings are a little overwhelming for everybody, right? And if it's a client of mine, I'm doing my best to stay in constant, like, monitoring monitoring their email and their voicemail to make sure any emergencies are taken care of or any sales calls or nonsense emails I can take care of. So I would say it's being in tune with, with the person you're working with. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you feel like you have a connection, even though it's it's virtual, but you have yes. this in-tunement with your clients. It's still yes. possible to do. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Absolutely. Okay. So this, this virtual assistance is definitely here to stay. Is that true? I would agree. I think so, too. I would agree. Um, And what I'm hearing you say is that although there are some parts of the job that you're not getting some of that information, there are other ways to get that information, other ways to tune in to your client 
um, uh, to to know what you need to know to guide them in the way they've asked yes. you to do that. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk a little bit then about the 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 business owner who's a solopreneur um, doesn't have any assistance yet, doing everything themselves, and they're kind of running themselves ragged, right? Because it gets to be a lot. So from your experience, what would you say are some of the assumptions or conclusions that we, solopreneurs may be holding on to that prevent them from taking that step into uh, a virtual assistant? It's easier to do it myself. Okay. It's just easier to do it myself than to train you too. on that, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, and that with that comment, they need to be willing. They need to be kind of ready, willing, and able to let go and to trust that you can pick it up. So it really is like any other relationship, right? There needs to be the, the trust factor needs to be developed. And, um, you know, talk is cheap, right? Like my words need to line up with my actions. And, I mean, my actions need to line up with my words, right? Back up what I say I'm going to do. And so the more that I do that, the easier it is for that client to trust me. Um, the solopreneurs are hard. Um, if they have not worked in an office setting or with any assistant before, it's much more challenging because they're just not used to it. They just don't know how to do it. Um, uh, that was going to be my next question is, um, again, based on that premise that we solopreneurs may not have an experience with an assistant, knowing what an assistant could even do for them. So can you highlight some of those things that you take off the plate for the solopreneur? Well, I'm going to give an example um, that I worked with one person like that, and we had meetings twice a week that we would work together on the phone and on Zoom. And it was a little bit cumbersome for me, right? Because I'm used to working independently. But to develop that trust level and for him to understand what I was doing kind of behind the scenes so that I, be, so that he got comfortable with me representing his company as he wanted me to, right? Even to the point, like, if I would respond to an email, it was in his language. That was not my language, <laughs> but I, I had to adjust and get used to how he responded. Um, so the example would be, I have one client that's very direct, right? It's just Mary. Thanks, Diane. This is the information you asked for and that's it. But this particular client was, you know, hope you had a great weekend and that the kids are good and that Taylor's recital went well and da 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 da. And I'm, you know, so to move from one kind of one language to the next, um, I just had to be very aware of who I was representing and what they wanted to sound like. So the more that he saw me do and um, trusted me, the easier it was for him to offload. So it, I do a lot of email management and calendar management. And with him in particular, it was scheduling for his team. So I had access to their team calendar and what else could we fit on this day and what part of town is it in and will that really work? And, oh, what about travel time? And They don't ever go to that part of town. So why are you sending them there, right? So all of those kind of logistics. So the more that you get to know the business and the team, the easier it is to make decisions. 
Sure. And again, that trust factor. How, so a question that comes up for me, knowing that you have multiple clients that speak in multiple languages, how challenging is that for you to keep those straight? So it was a lot at the beginning. It was, I had to um, rein myself in, put myself on this schedule, right? From eight to 10, you're going to work with this client. From 10 to 12, you're working with this client. From two to four, it's this client. And it kind of would drive me crazy. But I had to do that for a season to keep myself focused and plugged in to that particular client and their needs. Um, At this point, I'm not that strict at all. And I do bounce back and forth a little bit, but I really try not to uh, because it does get confusing. It's much easier to just stay focused on one task and complete it, right? And obviously, if it's... um, a sensitive situation or labor intensive, right? Accounting or personnel issues, right? Like I have to focus. So the the music is off, the TV is off. <laughs> the other accounts are already closed and I'm just only have one client open. So when you say open, is, is there like a dashboard that you use to keep track of everything or no, just your just computer? Email. It's just different okay, emails. Okay. It's all, you know, all those yeah. 20 different windows in your, on your computer. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I heard about, um, again, considering that solopreneur who might be considering their first virtual assistant, um, the first challenge might be trusting someone else enough to manage your business in the way that you would manage it mm-hmm. or better. <laughs> right. Ultimately. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has different skill strengths. Right, right. And and oftentimes, you know, we come into entrepreneurship, it's not because we're good at keeping track of things, right? right? We have a, we have other gifts and and skill sets. Yeah. Um, So to this end, um, I I truly value what virtual assistants can do to take things off um, our plate as entrepreneurs. So you've mentioned a couple of things. One is managing calendar and managing email. What are are, are there other, I'm sure there are other things that you do. So what are some of those other things and how then does that benefit your client? I was going to say nagging. So <laughs> <laughs> if there's a team in place, it's easy for me to go to Mary and say, did you do your timesheet? I didn't see it, but did you do it? It's a little bit easier for me to have that role than, than the business owner, right? And, and then it's easier for me to say, well, this is wrong, you know, or explain to them why it's wrong, right? Take a little nicer approach, right? And this is wrong because da, da, da. Um, so that role is definitely easier. Um, and along those lines would be the email to the client who hasn't paid yet, right? If that email comes from the unknown face of Diane, it's not, it doesn't feel like an attack or you know, the client is going to take it differently than if it came from you. Um, But for a solopreneur, it's all those things that they don't even really want to do, right? It's billing, tracking projects, um, tweaking the website or fixing a typo that somebody pointed out a year ago that's still a typo, right? I mean, there's all kinds of little things that just don't get done because there's just not enough time. Um, 
managing some social media or updating information across the board, right? So your LinkedIn profile matches your website, matches the tagline on your emails. Uh, I mean, there's just all kinds of different things. Um, The big ones are um, helping with managing the calendar and the email and um, doing some accounting and invoicing, streamlining those processes, right? That invoicing really should not be that hard. Proposal writing, it should be the same proposal for every client. (laughs) You just personalize it, you tweak it, and you send it out. Um, And if you're figuring um, a lot of math, right, we can develop the the formulas and the estimating worksheet that you're going to use that's going to go along with your proposal, right? Because you shouldn't be doing the math four times, right? If the fee is ten grand, why? How did you get to ten grand, and how can we repeat that for the next person? So, developing. So it sounds like you, yeah, you're you're handling a lot of those systems that are necessary for our businesses to run smoothly without the business owner themselves having to personally manage all of right. that. Right. And then, what does that free up the your your clients to be able to do? Give, give some examples if you could. Well, ideally, they want more clients, right? So it should free them up to A, either um, be selling whatever that looks like for them, right? Whether that's in person or on video or whatever. Um, Free them up to sell or free them up to develop what's next, right? What's next in their business? What did they want to accomplish in quarter two or quarter three that hasn't been touched yet? And how can I help with that process as well? They're visionary and they're big picture and they want to do 10 different things. And I'm the one saying, okay, so <laughs> what's going to make you the most money right now? What's the easiest to accomplish and to launch? And is that really what you want to do? I mean, these things sound great, but are they great right now? Could they be great next quarter or next year? And people don't really like those conversations. Hmm. Right. I, 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 I'm hearing you say that. And I know that Taylor does that for me all the time in terms of, Mary, is that really what you want? <laughs> I'll do it. But really, is that what you want? And I find so much value in that because I'm operating from my frame of the world, right? What I think is possible, what I can see. And, and sometimes I overlook things. And having that, I think that's one of the biggest challenges about solopreneurship in particular is that we are alone, so having um, a virtual assistant like you who can be that sounding board that can at least offer that mirror of, is that really what you want? And is that what you really want now? Because it all goes back then for the entrepreneur. What's that clarity? What's that focus? Or am I getting myself spread out too thin? Right, right. And then really, it is. And then the other part of that is what? You need to make money. Everybody needs to make some money and pay their bills and, you know, have their mortgage and their rent paid. So all these ideas are, are beautiful. Are, are they going to help you pay the mortgage? Right. Right. Okay. So great ideas. What is this a good idea? Is this the right time? The other part that I see or I hear in your story is, well, one of the things that has hold, held me back occasionally is I have this great idea, um, but I don't have the time, the interest or the skills to pull it off, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't have the back-end knowledge. I don't know how to set this up on my website. You know, all of those 
pieces that actually make the service or product that we're right. selling actually work. Right. So then you need a team, right? You need to gather your team around you that's going to help you with that. So we've gone from, I can do it all myself as one of the the limiting beliefs to now really seeing the value of having another point of view um, around the decisions that you're making, having someone with those skills and talents to do all of that back-end stuff for you so you can be the star that you need to be or, or your product can be. Um, what might be another reason why solopreneurs hesitate to make that commitment to their first VA? They can't, or they have trouble envisioning how it would work. Okay. And don't want to put that time into how it could work. Um, Cause it's hard. It's kind of a big step. Um, so sometimes I have seen where the solopreneur will hire, you know, their best friend's daughter to help them with social media which is cool. That's cool. But if you want to grow and want to go in a certain path forward, she may or may not be that right person for you to help you with that. And, um, you know, we tend to kind of make it work, right, with what we have at our fingertips, which is good for the immediate, but not necessarily for the long term. Um, I, I think a solopreneur needs somebody walking hand in hand with them that understands them and their business model and wants to help them succeed. And it's important to both parties for the success of the business, not just the solopreneur. And that can be a little bit challenging to find. And then I just, it just, to me, it goes back to trust. It just keeps kind of rolling back to trust. You have to know somebody and be able to trust them to even share what your dreams are and your goals for your business, never mind your checkbook, right? I mean, that's a whole different thing. Um, and really, the virtual assistant needs to handle herself professionally, right? With kindness and fun, but also professionally, right? Just because I see your checkbook doesn't give me the right to comment on it unless you say, how come we don't have any money? And I said, well, you went to Panera 400 times, so you have no yeah. money. <laughs> right. So let's talk about money because that has been a conversation that I've had with uh, clients, uh, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, um, making that decision about when's the right time financially. Do you have any thoughts on, or, or what are you looking for? Maybe let, let's, let's uh, turn that around. So when you're in, when clients, prospects are, you're in the interview process, what are you looking for from that client in terms of ready, yeah, capacity to pay the services? So a lot of it is intuition. I hate to say that, but it really is. Um, I don't hate to say it, but I feel like there should be more of a formula there. I think, generally speaking, women are really good at knowing who is going to be a good fit for you and your personality. And the potential client for me needs to have some idea of what they're going to give their virtual assistant to do and what their vision is for how this could work. 
I've talked with several people who are all over the place. Like they're all over the map. They have 25 ideas and they want to give me 24 of them. And I'm thinking, I don't really know what your goal is. Like, could you tell me at least what the goal is for today before we open up Pandora's box with 24 ideas? And really the, the solopreneur that has just started out is probably the hardest to, to sell because they don't understand the value or see the value. Somebody who's been in business for a little while, who's worked with an assistant before, whether in an office or on their own, they understand the value. It's not such a big sell, if that makes sense. Um, And dollar-wise, probably the best example is for one client, um, I picked up their billing and... um, Honestly, just getting that on a regular monthly basis helped his cash flow considerably. Getting, really? Um, yes. <laughs> While we say the invoices go out on the first, do they really? And if it's not at least by the fifth, you know, you're going to be running into trouble at some point. Um, so getting his billing on a regular cycle and capturing all his numbers, capturing all his costs and getting them assigned to the right project on the right job so you could see what was profitable and what was not. All of that played a huge role in his growth Um, pre-COVID, right? Right, And then was able to carry him through COVID. Um, Yeah, I would say accounting across the board, right? Billing on a regular basis, capturing all the dollars and sending out the the annoying reminders, right? You still owe us money. When are you going to pay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the recommendations that I've given clients in the past when they're look, they're thinking like, maybe I need a, a virtual assistant, uh, not quite sure yet. My recommendation has been save up at least a three month salary for a potential virtual assistant so that when that moment comes, when you say, yeah, I'm ready to do this, you already know that you've got at least three months salary already in the bank. Because I think that's one of the things that I've also heard from clients in in terms of hesitation of, of taking that on is there's that hesitation of, I don't know that I have enough business to continue to pay a virtual assistant, right? And uh, so having some sort of reserve for that gives that mm-hmm. that peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's three months, maybe it's six months. It, that's up to you, right? Mm-hmm. But having some sort of um, reserve so that when you get there, you can fully be present mm-hmm. with that. You're not worrying about, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay for this, right? right? If I ask her to do this, my, is that going to cost me right. more? Right. So- so in that context, if we're thinking like a three-month um, salary, what, what do we pay virtual assistants? What's kind of the, the range here that we should be thinking about? <laughs> Anywhere from $5 an hour to $150 an hour. I really okay. ha- have heard all across the board. And I'm always surprised. I'm just always surprised. Um, there's a lot of platforms out there that you can hire a virtual assistant through and pay a nominal fee and maybe you get the work back, maybe you don't get the work back. Um, but I've heard great success from many people using those platforms. And um, I also have recently heard about people who have like four and five virtual assistants doing 
their specialty, right? Uh, one person only does social media. One person only does bookkeeping and that kind of thing, um, which again is great. I, obviously, you're going to be paying a higher price point for somebody who is solely focused on social media. Um, I like to think that I'm a little bit more of your business partner or office manager because I can cross from one bucket to another and handle different tasks. Um, I did move from an hourly rate to a monthly retainer rate about two, three years ago, um, which has been much easier for obviously for billing purposes, but also in terms of just not feeling so tied in to keeping track of everything and 25, you know, 15 minutes here and 30 minutes there. And just give me, just give me the task. I'll handle the task and let's keep it moving. Um, But to your point though, about the three months, I mean, if you think about dating, it's like the 90 day rule, right? It really takes 90 days to get to know somebody at all and to understand them and how they work. Um, So 90 days uh, would be, to me, a a decent time to invest in a new relationship with a virtual assistant. Because you have to understand each other. Right. Well, and I think that also goes back to your point that you made earlier about uh, the importance of the entrepreneur, your client, to know what it is that they want from a virtual assistant. Now, again... We've, we've already said that so many of us have not experienced assistance before, and so we may not know what that looks like. So do you have some pointers or tips on what, how, how do we come to that um, clarity about what are going to be the most important tasks that we leverage out to a virtual assistant? It's writing the list. Um, I've talked with several clients about um, when you're working at seven o'clock at night doing the task that you've dreaded all day long, you need to write that task down because it should be something you pass off. Um, When you're missing deadlines because of billing, you you know, you need to be passing the billing on to somebody else. Um, Anything that really is not making you money and that's different for everybody, but the same for a lot of us. It's it's email, it's billing, it's scheduling. It's this. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of sources out there to make it all easier, um, but you still have to do something with it, right? If you don't put the client in there, the bill isn't going to get generated, right? Um, so I encourage people to write the list of their non-income-producing activities, whatever that looks like for you. And um, the activities that you just don't like to do because you're going to procrastinate and then they get bigger and then you procrastinate and they get bigger and then you're pissed off and you don't ever do it. Right. And that is going to harm your business. Right. It's either going to slow growth or, or get yourself right. in a hole that you right. don't want to have to dig out of. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're making a list. Uh, of the things that we are not wanting to do, um, it, it's, and we're, we're saving our money for this, and so getting clarity on it. And then we have these interviews. Do you have some, like we're inter- we should be interviewing various virtual assistants, right? 
do you have some suggestions on um, what are some questions maybe that you've other people have asked you that really helped get to the heart of the matter, at least for that client? Hmm. Usually it's me doing more of the interview, especially if it's a solopreneur who's not used to interviewing. It's usually me asking a lot of questions about what are they really looking for. Um, a solopreneur is talking about themselves and their business and their vision and, and all that kind of stuff. And so um, from this side, you know, I need to know all that to understand the person and the business, but I also need to know what is it going to look like working together. I mean, we could sign a contract and you could pay me every month and I not do anything, which is kind of drive me nuts, but <laughs> it's happened once or twice. And I'm thinking, okay, we need to terminate because this is, this is not good. Um, so usually, honestly, usually I'm the one asking a lot of questions unless they have very good experience and are, you know, on point with these are what the, I want this person to do. And I have not really had that experience, to be honest. Um, I think somebody should be, uh, honestly, I think it's personality and I think it's skill level. Um, I was replaced from one client, right? Like we ended our contract and he replaced me with a woman who did not know how to use Google and how to use Google Maps. So she was scheduling everybody all over creation with no travel time in between because she had no idea where any of these places were. And I, and I thought they don't know how to use Google Maps. Like I just was like perplexed by that. So there needs to be some basic questions about what programs do you use? What programs are you familiar with? You know, don't tell me you can use a computer if you've never turned one on, uh, you know, um, or that you know a CRM software that you've been in twice. Like, don't tell me you know the program inside and out. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm hearing then is, first of all, again, that the importance of the entrepreneur themselves to have some idea of the tasks that they want to leverage out to someone else. Um, and a good virtual assistant will be asking them questions to get more clarity around those pieces. Um, but then again, the, uh, the entrepreneur then to dig into a little bit. So if I have a particular software that I'm using, what's your experience with this software? Like if I'm committed to this software, um, then I'm responsible for asking you questions about how you've used something like this in the past. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So for me, I, I may not have used uh, specific software, but I've used three, four different CRM programs, the customer relation management programs. So I could probably figure it out, right? Um, but for somebody who, you know, isn't used to Outlook contacts, they're not, they're not going to jump into a CRM program. Mm -mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think that would be frightening. Yes. Yes. Okay. So again, let me kind of map or re recap where we're at. We've saved money for it. We've made a list of all the things that we want to leverage out and, and made note of any particular systems that those activities might use. And then we're speaking with uh, potential virtual assistants. And it sounds like other than the these focus, we're also really looking at that personality match. 
so that there's a comfort level between the two of you. Again, that trust piece that, that you keep talking about. Yep. I was just thinking about the DISC personality test and then um, bank, um, which I've just kind of touched on, the bank code. Um, and not that you need to be different or opposite sides per se, but that is what I find works best, right? That because I'm more of an introvert, it's easier for one that I can work with an extrovert, right? And kind of get some details out of them, right? Um, the big picture thinker, the visionary, the visionary, I can help pull the details out of because I think differently than they do. And my skill set is different than theirs. Um, I mean, I don't think you need to go that deep. And I think if, if you're working with more mature people that they'll be able to figure that out quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then along the way, I'm, I'm sure that there's some need of regular check-ins. Do you set that up with your clients on, you know, are we, are we aligned on these pieces? What's working? Mm -hmm. What's not working? Mm -hmm. I do. Um, and I'm chuckling because it's different. It's so different for each of them. Um, I mentioned earlier, there was one that I met with like two or three times a week for like an hour at a clip. And it was like, okay, all right, this is just for right now. And then it dwindled down to two days a week. And then it was, I can't do it today. Let's not do it. And, you know, um, as the relationship grew, you know, we checked in for five minutes instead of for 45 minutes to an hour. Right. Um, and the others that I've been with for a couple of years are every other week. And sometimes that conversation is long and sometimes it's not. And obviously if I need them in between, there's the quick conversation um, or the after hours call sometimes, right? Like, oh my gosh, I just finished the day. Can you, can you talk to me about this? Which is what happened yesterday, but it's all good, right? I mean, sure. Um, flexible and keep your boundaries intact, right? Um, so each client is different. Some that I'm involved with their team meetings and the fly on the wall virtually for their team meetings. And then we have our own meeting outside of that. And for some, it is just every other week, you know, Monday at 10 o'clock, we talk for 45 minutes. And otherwise, it's email. All right. So I guess what I'm hearing then from that is you can you can set this up in any way that works for you that your business needs as much or as little as you need. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So generally in the beginning, it's more. Yes. Right. Right. Sure. And then you're it learning every down. one another. Right. Right. Yeah. And it would dwindle down. And, and as you got to know one another, that original list that the entrepreneur may have come with, like these are the activities that I want to leverage out that might change too. Absolutely. I'm chuckling because yeah. usually it's totally different after two months. Really? Totally yeah. Really? Okay. So that's normal. We should expect that yes. as we move yes. into these relationships. Yeah. Okay. Either the project gets finished or we realize the project is too big. Right. So it's usually shifted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So flexibility or is the core. It here. is. It is. Or holiday season is here. Oh my gosh, who thought it was holiday season? So are we doing Christmas cards or holiday cards? Or 
do we are we are we going to i didn't think we were going to right i mean yeah unless it's on the calendar we're not really talking about it so let's get on the calendar right right are there any other tidbits that you would give the listener who uh, might be considering virtual assistants or maybe they have a virtual assistant and they're wondering if it's really working out for them any other points to consider conversations. I, I would just encourage conversation. If you don't think it's working with somebody, you need to have a conversation um, and talk about how you're feeling about it or your tangibles, right? I asked you to do this. You didn't do this. Why? Can you tell me why? Mm-hmm. Right? Was mm-hmm. there something that you needed from me that I didn't deliver or did you just not do it because your kids got sick or you were on vacation, right? Um, and not that you need to divulge your whole personal life and personal drama, but to have some open dialogue about what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Um, for somebody who's looking for a virtual assistant, I would say they need to talk to other business owners that work with one. Great idea. Because as I said, they're all very different. Every virtual assistant is very different um, and has different skill levels and different things that they're passionate about. Yeah. I love that that bit of advice. Uh, sometimes those pieces are so obvious and yet we overlook them. Yes, we do. We do. And honestly, I'm happy to talk to anybody and kind of brainstorm and talk about what what are what do they think, right? What do they think they need? I'll be happy to have that conversation and ask the hard questions, right? Good. Good. Yeah. Love that. Well, Diane, let's let's then. Where can people find you if they want to call you and uh, explore a little bit more about the possibilities explore of more. virtual assistance? Yeah, the website address is virtualdiva.biz, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. And the email address is Diane at virtualdiva.biz. Excellent. And I don't know if you are yet, but there's a new group on LinkedIn called The Consciouspreneur. So if you haven't yet, we just opened that up this month. So if if I haven't connected you there yet, I'm going to connect you there. Um, For listeners, you can also find Diane uh, in this virtual, in this group on LinkedIn. Um, So look for Consciouspreneur group on LinkedIn. Um, And also, listeners, if you haven't already checked out the Consciouspreneur magazine, um, the uh, subscription link will also be in the show notes. Check that out. Um, This whole Conscious Entrepreneur community is really about supporting one another, conscious entrepreneurs who are in business to make the world a better place. So, Diane, thank you so much for your contribution to this mission. Thank you. I appreciate you very much. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast, we're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high achieving, impact focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction all rolled up into a community driven, inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below 
and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.